Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Andrew Prollo for, um, well, let me explain it to you. <laughs> Outer Wilds, the original, that game came out in 2019. It's an action adventure about a universe that's caught in a time loop, and it's adorable. It won a ton of awards, and people loved it. I interviewed Andrew about the soundtrack for it, and the soundtrack is great. It's like you're on a camping trip in space. So that's the main game. And definitely play Outer Wilds if you haven't, or watch a walkthrough without commentary or something. Just check it out. Get an idea for it, a feel for it. So an expansion for Outer Wilds came out last year in 2021 called Echoes of the Eye. And it's a large expansion. So just as the developers basically made an entire game to add on to the existing game, Andrew made a new soundtrack for it. So this is all referred to as Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye. This year, 2022, Andrew released what he's called The Lost Reels, or more officially, Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye, The Lost Reels. And these Lost Reels are a set of segueing tracks that Andrew wrote out of love for the characters in the game. They all lead into each other, uh, these tracks, as one big unit of music. And it's not music for the game's expansion. It's about the game's expansion and actually about the conclusion of a decade of working on the universe, the music of Outer Wilds. It's Andrew's own fanfic and it's charming and haunting and lovely. In fact, this track is from The Lost Reels. And most of the music you'll hear in the episode is from The Lost Reels, but we do sneak in some tracks from the original Outer Wilds and the expansion Echoes of the Eye as well. All right, now that I've told you about all of that, please feel free to join us on Discord to talk about this and other episodes, as well as pretty much anything else positive and fun and joyful. Uh, That link can be found in our show notes. And be sure to check YouTube. There will be a video up of this conversation uh, as well at some point, uh, the same day as the podcast itself is published. So watch out for that, youtube.com slash levelwithemilyreese. And then if you're able, please do uh, consider becoming a patron. Um, that, that would be uh, just fantastic of you. <laughs> uh, you can learn about that at patreon.com slash level. There are, of course, um, various uh, perks for levels of membership. But uh, in all actuality, we just want you to be a patron if you're able because you like the show. So... Whatever uh, works for you, please check it out on Patreon and do consider becoming a member. All right. Well, here's Andrew. Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye um, released roughly a year ago. And then um, the Lost Reels are essentially what I did with the um, Steam release of the original Outer Wilds was I did a, like a reprise, kind of a personal reflection and for the community about how the music feels to me um, looking back on it. Um, and for the Lost Reels, I did the essentially the same thing I did with the reprise, but I wrote a whole record within the record, essentially. So how you find the DLC... Um, within the game, like the the sequel to the game is built in the game yeah. itself. Like I basically wrote a record that is a reflection of the Echoes of the Eye soundtrack that comes after uh, the original soundtrack ends. 
So it's like this huge deluxe edition album with all these new um, reflective pieces on it where I could kind of just take things where I hadn't yet um, in the game and kind of just look back on it all this time later and just uh, share it with everyone. It was really like inspiring to finally look back on this since when I finished Echoes of the Eye, like it was like losing a bunch of friends. The characters in the game felt like friends to me at that point because I had been working on this game for a decade. So it was, I mean, bittersweet, but really wonderful to have another chance to come back and um, spend some time with them again. I think that's one of the things that I've loved so much about listening to it is that it's deeply personal and it's literally music for music's sake, right? You weren't writing this for the game. This is like how you feel about this experience you've had and that comes through and I found that like really, really moving. Exactly. Thanks so much for picking up on that. That's, I mean, what I wanted to communicate and um putting the, together the concept for it it was very overwhelming in the beginning and i wasn't sure exactly how to approach it and share those emotions with everyone um but luckily over time like i was able to kind of piece this all together um because i wanted it to feel cohesive and i wanted all the tracks to kind of connect so it's like this one huge piece Yeah, I mean, the, some of the segues are just so brilliant, and we'll we'll get into that um, because this it, it definitely deserves like pensive, attentive listening. I think you know. I mean, a lot of game a lot of game music does, but but you know, with the understanding that game music again supports the game and and has this very special role within the game, um, and you can sit and listen to it by itself, but there's always just a little something missing. And so that's what, again, is so nice about, you know, these bonus tracks, uh, for lack of a better way to describe them, um, is that they really are worthy of just like sitting down and just listening. And, you know, for someone who I, I was, I'm fairly familiar with the original soundtrack, uh, you know, it was really beautiful to see how you wove themes in and the instruments you chose to play them on and, um, and again, just the segues between tracks and, and all of that, it just seems like you, you thought a lot about it. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. Um, like the one thing that was fun was, um, right when I finished the record as well, um, I jumped on a call with Alex Beecham, the creative director of Outer Wilds, and he works over at Mobius Digital and I'd kind of told him about the soundtrack beforehand but over time like I wanted to like share it with him at the end so we could kind of experience it as a listener 
um, which is something that we weren't able to really do. You can't really do that when you're developing the game, but I wanted to just share it with them as just like a big thank you um, for all the time we've spent together on the game. And um, he got the he helped me name um, all the tracks too, which was really fun because I was a lot of them aren't a they're sort of like mashups where I'm combining different parts of the game and how they connect in the game rather than it feels so it feels a lot more um, cohesive with kind of combining themes that you would hear in the game and but in different orders and in different ways to share how the the echoes of the i universe really connects not mm -hmm. only w with itself but with the uh, original game as well yeah uh the echoes of the eye expansion is pretty large right i mean considering the size of the original game the expansion is is a, a good size as well right yeah, it's um, it can take between depending on how fast or slow you figure things out, it can be between ten and twenty hours. So it's essentially almost as long as the original. Um, yeah. It was just we kept expanding and expanding it, so it's just like this huge, massive super planet hidden within the game. So it's I mean, it was really cool how they conceptualized it, um, and it turned into this whole huge project and a sequel with all this extra lore. Right. Um, added into the game and like the new alien civilization that you wouldn't even know about if you only played the first one like it's this huge secret yep yep and i i also notice it, well as did others quite a tone shift too it's a little creepier isn't it a much darker scarier uh in a way sadder um because of this alien civilization that you do find right right yeah the the way it was approached from the initial pitch that we were all talking about with one another was if Outer Wilds itself is about the excitement and curiosity of, a, of space exploration, um, Echoes of the Eye is more of like a descent into madness and the exploration of the fear of the unknown in outer space. Um, and uh, it touches on cosmic horror and just like not knowing what you're actually getting yourself into. Um, so it's like, it gets away a little bit of some of the wonderment, but it also adds to the wonderment because you're like, oh, wow, this is a lot bigger than I expected. This is something that I don't know what to think of what will happen next, which honestly, in, in real life space exploration, it's the exact same way. Like NASA and everyone doesn't really know what we're going to find um, when we're doing all this stuff. Um, and... Um, like kind of treading into unknown territory like you never know and that's what's so beautiful about the whole thing in my opinion And with that darker tone and kind of uncertainty, the music obviously reflects that. And you know, one of the things that I love um, is is the ways in which you're also reflecting how important you know audio signals are, right? With the signal scope, right? Um, I think that's what it's called. I tried to remember the name this time. Is it the signal scope? Correct. Yep, yes. it's the signal okay. scope. Because <laughs> last time I couldn't remember, and I was <laughs> oh god. Um, but yeah, so the signal scope—you're chasing these, um, you know, 
music in in a lot of cases, but just frequencies of sound that you're hearing in outer space. And and I and I love all the effects that you use to kind of play with tuning a frequency on a radio as it kind of shifts around mm-hmm. the dial, or um, maybe it's uh, quarter tones or some kind of like intonation kind of shifting around and just the the searching of audio can you talk a little about that right yeah so um in parallel to kind of i i I wanted to treat like i've been treating all the outer wilds albums as you can go back and kind of re-experience the game as you play through it since you really can only go through this game once um since once you know how to unlock like the mysteries um there's no, like, you can go through and kind of replay it again, but it's like watching a film in a sense where once you've seen it, you know what happens and you know how to what gets you from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. So with the first one, um, I did a lot of that frequency shifting, um, like kind of far away, closer, but it was like instruments that as a human being on Earth, you can, you know what it is. Um, so there's a lot of, it's like banjo, harmonica, acoustic guitar um and um with that i was hoping i could get the uh fan base excited enough to like learn these instruments themselves and like explore like becoming a musician and um learning these tunes that all these travelers are playing and then in echoes of the eye i pushed that a little bit further to where the new traveler instrument is like i'm combining like a synth with this uh i have this like slide guitar I found in Louisiana made out of this um it was in New Orleans and I like to say it's like an I know the door is from like the 1930s or 40s but I've always joked that it's a haunted door (laughs) that someone uh (laughs) created this slide guitar out of so I basically combined that with like my Moog synth to create this like weird theremin-y sounding like creepy new instrument um with like some guitar loops behind it too um and visually, we kind of were inspired by like a hurdy-gurdy type instrument, even though it doesn't sound fully like that. It's more of like a space hurdy-gurdy type thing. Um, and then pushing that further, like since all these people got excited to play instruments from the first game, like I wanted to get players excited to like experiment with like otherworldly sounds or guitar effects or synthesizers or things that you can't necessarily put your finger on what the sound source is. tracks that you made sometimes you know sometimes you can tell what's what's happening of course um and right. there's there's some really lovely string sections even um that that I that I really love
and I swear to God, you bring back the kazoos at at, at a certain point. Do you? Did you throw the kazoos um, in there? I I actually did not. Um, okay. I think I know which part you're talking about. Is it towards the end? Yep. Towards the very end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that is actually. Um, Banjos and um, I, I, I essentially played the main titles again ten years later. Like I, I, I remade a new version of it. But the cool thing that I was able to do is my friend Jason Boulay um, builds these cool microphones out of. He takes old um, telephones and he turns both the the earpiece and the speaker into like an XLR mic. So oh, I was cool. um. Hooking, hooking up this old telephone to like just kind of hanging it from a mic stand and recording it since it's like these lost, um, these lost reels, these lost signals that um, it's almost as if the, the way I approached it was if us in real life were using a real signal scope or somehow were able to find these Outer Wilds characters way, way out in the distance and sort of like us listening in on hearing this, picking it up. Yeah. So I was able to like instead of uh, mimicking like a an old signal i was able to like uh like organically and create through these the this microphone and i used that all over the score everywhere like all over the lost reels everywhere so it was like really fun to like get this old like tinny vintage vintage sounding like broken signal that i could um, bring back every now and then throughout the the new pieces of music In the track that's called "Lost Signal," um, I thought some of the rhythm, rhythmic, like percussive sounds, were interesting. And one of them, to me, sounded like, as someone who wears headphones a lot and is around microphones, it sounded like a mic hit. Like you had used like that as almost like a heartbeat rhythm or something. And so I'm curious what that sound was because that really uh, kind of perked my ears up a little. Yeah, so actually that's that's pretty accurate. So that's really cool that you noticed that. Um, I was recording my acoustic guitar, and when I set it down, I bumped the bottom of the mic stand, and it created this really weird rhythmic sound that also... <laughs> I kept listening back to it over and over because it sort of sounded like a voice or someone speaking. So I kind of just edited it to where it would be, I kind of changed the rhythm so that it would be in tempo, but I kept listening to it over and over again. And I was like, what, like, did it pick up an actual radio signal or like, what, what is it? Like, I don't know. It sounded like a weird human voice rhythmic thing, wow. but I think it's just cause it's like the scraping of the strings. And, um, I think I was using a rubber bridge guitar in that part. So it's like a piezo pickup combined with like the amp, uh, pickup creating okay. this weird, like static distortion thing but yeah I ended up like I was like this is a cool sound that I I made on accident but I was like I gotta do something with this because it's just so creepy and then I want to talk maybe in too much detail (laughs) about River's End Times uh, because this, uh, this was just such an effective track for so many reasons and the segue at the end into the spirit of water is just really beautiful. Um, 
But in River's End times, you know, it kind of starts off and it's like reminiscent of the first game with the camping style, you know, and like everybody's sitting around and making mm-hmm. music. Then this piano comes in, and again, it sounds like, you know, growing up in the late 70s and 80s, it sounds like old car radio, like it's just not quite in tune, and each attack of the piano key gives it a little hiss, you know, just like old-style radio, not quite on the right frequency. I really loved that sound. And then when you remove that filter on it and it comes, the piano comes in really clearly, it's just so beautiful. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on on that section of it. Thanks so much. Yeah, I I was using that same uh, the telephone mic again. Like so, I I oh, essentially cool. recorded that <laughs> that yeah I, I I recorded the piano part twice, and I kind of have it. The first time I played it, I was recording it through the uh, telephone mic. So that was like I kind of wanted it to feel like <laughs> we're we're zoning in on the Nomai piano yeah. almost. Um, but I, I'm I'm using like the some of the same techniques I recorded with the original No My Piano, but I'm touching like I'm playing the theme of the uh, River's End, like the but I play it on guitar in the game, but now I'm kind of bringing it to piano, so I was able to do it's like doing this fun thing of like we're getting jumbled signals and stuff is kind of mixed up because it's so far away, so it's like this thing that's normally played on uh, an electric guitar is now played on a piano, and it kind of shares that and it's like once the I wanted the piano just to hit full force once we like it's like we finally locked in our signal scope to that part of their universe and then you know, not long after that very clear piano comes in, then this, these strings take over. And they're also kind of like sliding around and maintaining these really big open chords, but really tense, right? There's a lot of tension yeah. in, in that part.
I love the way that that kind of falls apart or morphs into um, uh, you know the the electric guitar playing playing the the main theme. I, I loved that. So so tell me about that transition there. Thanks. Yeah. So later on is when the strings really hit full force. So I wanted to kind of use this as like a foreshadowing to the end of the record. So yeah, it's it's the same feeling of like. It's it's just not quite not quite there yet. Like we're still zoning in on that big string ending. Um so it's just I'm I'm wave I have like the violins like I had them waver between pitches while like a lot of the cellos and basses are like very straightforward, like right in tune. So it's able to create this like texture of um a lot of how um when you get dropped into echoes of the eye, like it's it's it can be unsettling once you start to explore the depths. So yeah. I wanted to reflect on that, and as we bring in, like only in the game, strings are at the very end um, to symbolize the new universe. So with this, it was cool because I'm reflecting on all of it. So I was able to touch base with these strings with the string ensemble um, to uh, reprise and and play themes that I hadn't been able to record in game because it didn't make sense in game but now it does it does make sense with this record that I was able to create for the project Again, I mentioned it before, that really lovely segue into the next track, The Spirit of Water, which is, you know, very lush and beautiful and has really great motion to it. And uh, do you want to say anything specific about The Spirit of Water? I really enjoyed that track. I, that one, I, I actually wasn't planning on doing it. It was towards the very end of me working on the record and I, I was like, oh, I, th- I really want to record um, a a version of the the sound of water, but with strings. So I essentially just notated it, and it's almost verbatim what the what the uh, sound of water was, but for strings. And like it, it sounds very different because like instead of using the the synths and stuff with the looping mechanic Mm -hmm. that's kind of going through the whole track like on violin it just sounded so beautiful and then once i had figured that out i was like oh this is this might be like my favorite track on the record um because it just kind of really touch hits on like the the final ending and it's like a reflection on um the new traveler and without giving too much away like what kind of where that heads and like it's just a it was a really a joy to to write that track and it turned out um, really wonderful. I didn't know what to expect and how it would go, but just like the recording for that was just like a wonderful experience. And like I, that track is still sits really close to me as one of my favorite things, especially because it's like so, it's it's so close to Echoes of the Eye, but it sounds so different. Thank you. 
these string samples or real real string ensemble? Um, yeah, I recorded some of my friends um, playing uh, oh, cool. cello and violin and stuff. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. And then I kind of just um, it was fun to work with them because I I got to um, you know I was just recording them over and over and over and over to kind of create yep. the ensemble out of a few players. Sure. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. And I was even able to. I was able to bring back David Tangney, who played cello on the first record, yep. um, like many years ago. So it was cool to like have him back in, because yeah. um, he was really excited. And I, I wasn't sure how much strings I was going to record for the new record, but I called him and like I was like, "Hey, man! Like, in a couple days, like, I have this. I can put together a string session. Like, I'm I've been going through it, and I have the parts ready for you if you want to play." And he was like, "Yeah, of course." So, <laughs> got him in last second to like. So I was like, "I of." all people like I really wanted him to be on it because he's the only string player from the original Outer Wilds so And he plays that really great. I can't remember. Is it called Morning, maybe, when he plays the timber hearth melody on his cello in the first soundtrack? Is that what it is, Morning? Do you remember? Correct, yeah. More, yeah. yeah, correct. Yeah, I that's that. him. And that leads us really beautifully into Hearth Shadow, which is the next track, and and has that opening, the timber hearth, but it's like electric guitar now instead of acoustic guitar, and it's a little slower, it's a little lower. So tell me about tell me about that. So that was actually a really fun piece because I was able to finally record the an official version of the extended Timber Hearth intro. Early yeah. in development, we had I had music playing through the entire the entire planet on loop, but we found that over time like it felt just really nice for when it's nighttime to have nothing um yeah. so you're really able to like look up at the stars and reflect and so i i i cut the i cut the original timber hearth down for time so that it would right when the sun sets is when the piece ends and then you wait through the night with silence until the sun starts to rise and then it hits off again so i was able to use that um theme for Timber Hearth, and the way that I approached that track was, it's like you're you're waking up in on Timber Hearth, and you're heading for the first time, like, or after you discover how to unlock Echoes of the Eye, you you head to that planet. So I wanted it to feel like taking off from Timber Hearth and slowly heading into the unknown and this the scariness of what you are discovering in Echoes of the Eye. 
Um, I, I, I wanted to do that like musically so you can kind of, for those that have finished it, they can reflect on that, that part of the game when they really don't know what they're getting themselves into. I, I loved all that really nice guitar playing. Um, and, and again, that kind of disintegrates as well, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, that whole theme of like kind of the descent into madness, as you, you say in the, um, well, we you mentioned earlier. Music has gotten a lot of attention for being just as wonderful as it is, which is great, and congratulations on that. You recently uh, won the Gang Award, uh, the Game Audio Network Guild Award for Best Music for an Indie Game. And you and I are talking, let's see, it's Thursday, September 29th. Obviously, it won't air today, but shortly. And you just mm-hmm. got some great news today. Do you want to talk about that? Sure, yeah. I, um, I got nominated for a music and sound award today so that was um pretty exciting and then on top of that i'm doing a live concert on october 13th just to celebrate the release of uh echoes of the eye the lost reels and it's also like my first premiere of playing outer wilds to the public in general um so and i love lodge room highland park it's a venue that i've seen a lot of my favorite bands at um Mm. it's just a nice place and like they've had some really intimate shows there so i'm I'm more than excited to finally play this with the world because Outer Wilds really um, blew up during COVID. So this is, (laughs) it's all kind of new to me and fresh to me. It still doesn't feel fully real yet that we have such a large fan base. So it's exciting to kind of, I mean, take a step back and put it into perspective and just celebrate the new music with everyone. So tell me a little bit more about the show, like instrumentation. I mean, what's it going to, what's it going to be like? And this, this is going to be in LA? Correct. Yeah, yeah. But I'd love to know just a little bit more about the logistics of it and, and what it would be like to be there. Right right now, um, it's going to be myself. Um, and then my friend Chris is coming out for it. He, he knows the music so well. And um, he's actually the person who gave me the original Outer Wilds banjo all these oh, years cool. ago. Oh, wow. Um, and I still have, like, the original strings on it and everything. So he's coming out to play with me because... I was initially going to do a show for the first E3 that was canceled um, to celebrate the vinyl release of Outer Wilds. So I had that set planned out with myself and David Tangney and then Chris Fike was he was going to play guitar on it as well. Um, but because that got canceled, I kind of had to do like the just a live stream of of the half hour set that I had prepared. Um, and now, like, my friend Jason Boulay, who built the mics, is also playing on this. And then, hopefully, David Tangney and some other string players, um, I'm putting it all together. And it's been um, just fun to kind of not only play the new music, but create these live versions of it. Um, 
and uh, it's going to be a, a different experience, but like a like I'm I'm approaching it as just like a personal show to thank everyone, and it'll be very similar to the live stream that I did for Summer Game Fest a couple of years ago. Oh, um, cool. but just touching on all the new music. For people who live in that area, what's the best way for them to learn more or to seek out tickets or however that may play out? They're on lodgeroomhlp.com, I believe. So if okay. you look up Lodgeroom Highland Park, um, they went up for sale like a few hours ago. So oh, wow. Okay. It's been, yeah, it's been an exciting day. So I was doing um, working on uh, promoting that like all the way up until this interview. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> Cool. Well, oh man, makes me wish I could be out there. Certainly in October, it's going to be more pleasant there than here, I would imagine. But you never mm-hmm. know. You never know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Well, congratulations on all of those things, and and I know that now you've submitted this for the the Grammys as well. Correct. Yeah, this is the first year for the Grammys, including uh, video game soundtracks as a whole. Mm-hmm. So it's been. A very exciting past few months um, putting together this show and releasing the Lost Reels. And um, I just think it's wonderful for the video game music community in general that um, we're being recognized and the art form is um, really being pushed into the Grammy community. So it's just all around, I think you can feel the excitement with game audio and like the excitement buzzing for this to um, be uh, considered a just a wonderful time and a celebration of that being included this year. So I think there's, I mean, a lot of us are just um, so happy that they finally included it into the yeah. awards. Yeah, it's overdue, but I'm glad as well that it's happening. Um, you know, you said that you you've spent a decade on Outer Wilds uh, and its various children. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, I know that you've worked on many other musical projects as well through that time. Have you felt the need to kind of um, decompress musically from any of those projects as well? Or is this kind of really just been Outer Wilds focused where you felt the need to do the re- reprise and uh, and then release these Lost Reels? Yeah, I, th- I think just for the timeline's sake is what makes this so personal to me and such mm. a big part of my life because it really was like the um, one of the first things I ever started working on after grad school. Like we were... Right. I, my program was only a year long for grad school for the composition studio, but Alex's was like two or three, I think. So I had been, I was assisting over at Nickelodeon when on Legend of Korra for Jeremy Zuckerman when I started working on Outer Wilds. Um, and it was my first kind of big, well, we didn't know it'd be big at the time, but it was the first time where um, Alex and I were like, yeah, let's make this awesome game. It's going to be really cool. And he was pitching me all the concepts and his sister, uh, Kelsey Beachum was writing it alongside with him. So, yeah, from the beginning, like, and then it's just, it's still going on a little bit. Um, yeah. I thought we were done. I thought we were done after Echoes of the Eye. I had no idea about this opportunity to do the Lost Reels and the live show and all this stuff now that um, COVID has been wrapping up a little bit. Um, so it's just been great. Like that, and that's why it's so personal to me. It's like it's kind of hard to let go in some ways to be like, oh, we're done. Outer Wilds is the franchise is complete for now. So yeah. it's just like a, a weird 
feeling. that it kind of blew up during COVID and and I know that, you know, the gaming industry overall did fare rather well through that time for obvious reasons. Um, So what is it about Outer Wilds that you think found an audience during COVID compared to all the other choices, right? I mean, like, what do you think drew people into that that world? I think the fact that Everyone wanted a new world to explore while they were in lockdown. Yeah. Um, and that on top of like the kind of existentialism that the ending of the game touches on about what r- life really means, I think that was all in the back of our minds, whether we liked it or not, when like the tragedy was happening during lockdown. Um, so it kind of was a uh, people could relate it to their their actual life even more. Um, and also could just know that there is something else out there when you're stuck in your house for so long that there is going to be more to explore eventually. And um, it kind of gives – I was hoping it would give people hope that we were all going to get through it together. So Yeah. Um, and then also just um, sharing the gift of music with others um, was another thing because there were so many musicians just playing live streams online and yeah. doing all these cool little creative projects just to stay connected with everyone and to give everyone some hope. So, personally, I think that's part of the reason why it connected with, with others, at least from the messages I've been receiving. something kind of metaphorical in that way about how all the musicians are scattered across the universe and playing remotely, right? They're like playing this song together, but scattered around the world, which is basically what we were dealing with in in lockdown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I remember, you know, at the time I was hosting morning jazz radio and, you know, I would interview these musicians and they're like, yeah, we're exploring all these ways to play together remotely. Like, hopping on Zoom, well, that doesn't work because of delay. I mean, just talking to people about, like, all these ways to engage musically while being scattered around everywhere. So, yeah, interesting. Uh I think even, like, because there there have been some people that have recorded um, remotely with one another to play the Outer Wilds music, just like how it is in the game. So that's been really cool, and I think a lockdown helped with that and pushed that premise because why not if you're sitting at home, like... Like, oh, there's a game where people are doing that in the game. So let's do that for fun. Mm -hmm. Well, Andrew, other than this live concert and um, that's coming up, which is going to, I'm sure, occupy a lot of your time preparing for that. um, You know, I mean, what else what else is going on for you other than all of these awards possibilities and, and such? 
Yeah, nothing I can speak about yet. I know that's the okay. boring answer, but eh. <laughs> I, mean, I have I'm to very kind of used to it by now. <laughs> stay... Yeah, yeah. It's um, I was hoping I'd be able to talk about some of them, but I have to keep my as much as I want to. I have to keep my mouth shut so I don't get in trouble. Um, but <laughs> the live show is what I'm I'm really excited about, and that's coming up quick. So it's like about two. It's ex- exactly two weeks away. So. Okay. Oh my God, you're right. I can't even. I it's. I can't even believe August is over already. So I'm just not ready for October. But it's yeah. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> um, the year has been flying by. It really has. Um, but Andrew, is there anything else you want to mention about um, this project or anything else you'd like to say? I'm just so thankful for everyone reaching out to me. Um, and it's gotten to the point where it's hard to respond to all the time because it went from like getting a couple messages every few weeks to now like multiple a day of people either covering the songs or just telling me that they finished the game for the first time and they're going back and reflecting on the music or there's still people discovering the lost reels now because um it's it's been pretty frequently and I feel like it's something where if you're following Outer Wilds you know that it's been released but if you're new to the game, because it just launched on PS5 a couple of weeks ago too, and the new Xbox, like they they kind of gave it a little bit of an upgrade, so people are still playing it for the first time now, which is really great. The life of the game has really lived on with the staggered release we had um, over yeah. the past time. So it's been just wonderful as the community builds upon itself, and more and more fan projects are released, and people are modding the game and doing just all this crazy stuff um, to expand on the universe that they've fallen in love with in some ways. game and uh it, again just really uh fell in love with that project you did with with the lost reels really beautiful stuff so I'm, I'm glad you did it and i hope it was cathartic i guess for you releasing for you <laughs> to 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 experience it, it like re- that it really was like i really didn't feel like i was ready to be done at all after echoes of the eye released yeah. um and this was a way to like kind of get it out of my system and say goodbye um to outer wilds um like i'm just yeah just very very grateful that this project turned into what it is um i don't think any of us on the team expected this to happen like in even our wildest imagination like we're just hoping people would want to play the game we didn't know it would turn into this huge project that would kind of give us something even more to wrap our heads around after we finished the original title so yeah well, congrats on all the success. I know there's more coming for you and um, very excited to hear uh, whatever new projects you've got cooking on uh, in the future. So thank you so much, Andrew. Thanks so much for having me.
Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Andrew Prollo, see a playlist, and support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. Check out the video of the chat that I had with Andrew on the Level with Emily YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe to that. Get all the notifications of our new videos uh, and and stuff like that. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Ah. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com. Made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.